I'm Dave Breckenridge, and you're listening to 10-3. One weekend to legalized cannabis and business is booming on the prairies. In Alberta, where retail sales are privatized, stores have been lined up out the door since opening day on October 17th, and the novelty hasn't worn off. One major retail outlet says cannabis sales have even outpaced the company's liquor business in some stores. Is that just the novelty factor, or will the popularity and product shortages continue? It's Thursday, October 25th. Before we get to our story today, I want you to do me a favor. See that subscribe icon? Click it. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever, I want to make sure 10.3 shows up in your feed. While you're at it, leave a review. Let me know how we're doing. Bill Kaufman is a reporter for the Calgary Herald and Sun and has been covering the local rollout of legalized cannabis. So, Bill, while everyone expected there would be a, a great deal of interest in legal marijuana sales, it feels like it's even beyond that here in Alberta, when you look at the constant lines out the doors at these stores, what have you been seeing in Calgary? Um, I think it's just, there's a novelty that comes with being able to enter a store and, uh, and pick up the, uh, the buds or oils that you want. And there's been some variety as well, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which really helps. I mean, people like to try different things, try different uh, strains you know, despite what what's what are seen as to be pretty high prices for the most part, people still want to kick the tires and they want to come in and they're they're not just shoppers. They're the, what the retailers are telling us is these aren't people. These aren't people who are just browsing. Ninety five percent of them are actually buying when they go in there. So there's uh, there's considerable enthusiasm. Of course, in Calgary, only two stores have opened up so far. So that tends to concentrate, funnel a lot of these these uh, marijuana consumers to these two uh, into these two doorways. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's they're they're telling us that this has ex- exceeded expectations. You know, you talk about the lines out the doors. People realize they could still call up their old dealer and probably have marijuana yes. delivered to their house in a yes. short period of time. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So th- this is very much a, a matter of people like, oh wow. I can. I don't have to wait at home, and some sketchy guy comes to my house. Um, now things got so hairy down in Calgary with lineups out the door that we we're starting to see things like noise complaints and, yes. and the stores. Yes. Have, what can you tell me about what happened there? Well, um, it first started off at uh, 420 Premium Market, which is in a uh, kind of a large strip mall right off McLeod Trail. So it's a very commercial area. And they were open from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. And I think it was clearly the later hours that began to weigh on some of the neighbors. And and I think some of the neighbors were were probably in in an adjacent um, high-rise condo building. Because you know, mm-hmm. by that time the businesses around there are closed down, and uh, some of the, they received a number of complaints from probably that that condo tower, and uh, these these complaints were relayed apparently through a city councilor. You know, the, the store management they responded pretty quickly and said, "Hey, you know, listen, that's 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 cool. We'll we'll roll back the hours to." Uh, to 10. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the, because they they were having lineups, there were still dozens and dozens of people lined up out the door at midnight and after. That's what's been happening here. Some of these noise complaints also um, migrated just a few blocks south to the uh, Nova 
Cannabis Willow Park, which is operated by the Alcana people. Um, and mm-hmm. they, they received uh, several complaints as well. But they had only they, they were only open till 10 a.m. They have or been. 10 p.m. So, or 10 p.m. Sorry, 10 p.m., yes. Yeah. And uh, so they, you know, it, it's been both of these places. But I mean... I, it's not. It's not necessarily that these the people out, outside these doors are being rowdy and it's particularly noisy, but it's just the fact that there are so many people waiting outside that it's it's going to generate noise. Now you mentioned Alcana. Now, for people who don't know, yes, Alcana is a the new name for a company that used to be called Liquor Stores NA which is one of the largest private booze retailers on the continent. You know, for people not familiar, they operated liquor depot stores, liquor barn, uh, wine and beyond. They decided to make the move into cannabis, and it seems to be paying off, paying off for them in a pretty big way. Uh, what, were the, what has the company told you about how cannabis sales are doing in the first week of legalization? Um, it's, um, it's just they're blowing through their inventory faster than they ever thought. They ordered um, enough product they thought for two weeks, and it's it's going to take them a week to go through it. Hmm. There, and, and these are five stores, four of them in the Edmonton area, and just one in, in Calgary that I'd mentioned before. And so the, the, the sales are pretty much um, consistent across all five stores, they said, and they've brought in $1.3 million in revenue. That's gross revenue in, in the first five days. And in wow. those first five days, they made, uh, they sold 68,000 items out of um, 17,000 transactions. And um, they said that, you know, this is, it's way past their expectations. And also, I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a function simply uh, due to the fact that these cannabis products are pretty expensive. I mean, for an eighth of an ounce, people are paying $45, and mm-hmm. that's that's pretty pretty pricey, um, and uh, so that that makes the each of these transactions much more um, valuable, worth much more money, two or three times much more than the average liquor transaction for them. Do they think that these are going to continue? That this is a pace where you could see it supplant alcohol as the profitable end of their company or are they do they think it's just the initial fascination it's a big surge of pent-up demand and curiosity the novelty of it all i they, they expect this to be a a lucrative business but they jamie burns their ceo told me yesterday that you know listen there this isn't going to be actually really turning a profit for maybe even two years though because of all you know the overhead and the the setup yeah. costs, but he says they're in it for the long haul, and this is looking good for them. Um, they want to create customer loyalty, um, and they do that partly by offering a at least one product discount that brings people into the stores, and they mm-hmm. will appre- start appreciating that, and they will they will look at what else they have to offer, and, um, and they're 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 pre- they're pretty bullish about this. But obviously, they also look at the fact that over time, there will be a lot more stores opening up, their own and competitors, and that's going to water yeah. down. That's obviously going to water down the, the, the amount of business that they receive. Now, as I understand, they can't advertise like they would for their, their liquor stores. They can't a- advertise prices or deals. 
they're they're just hoping people are going to be coming in and checking out what they have to offer. And as you mentioned, they were offering a discount one. They called it the Black Market Buster or something along those lines. So they, they fully expect over time people will become habitualized to buying in a retail fashion. Indeed. I mean, one of the things the uh, one of these retailers said, quite frankly, is, you know, we, at least right now, we're relying a lot on media coverage for, <laughs> for the promotions, for the advertising. And that's, that is perfectly legal. Um, but yeah, they're really constrained. They're very highly constricted in how they can advertise. I mean, they can't, they can't advertise prices. They can't advertise the, 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 you know, how, the, the distribution of this. They can't glamorize it. They can't do anything that might be um, viewed as appealing to youth. That is the really big uh, bugbear for um, regulators and for government. They don't want this to, you know, to have any kind of appeal to the younger people for uh, the for minors. And that's, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons they gave for for legalization to to try to keep, keep it, it out, out of the hands, hands of, of kids. People. I mean, well, how yeah. how well that works, I don't know. I mean. Colorado, the Colorado experience apparently is that they haven't seen an increase in mm-hmm. the number, the amount of youth use. But it hasn't gone down. Uh, it, I've read some research that it has gone down a bit, whereas okay. the adult use has, has gone up. Well, it's funny. You talk about not wanting to make it seem glamorous or uh, something that young people would want to do and it's a it's a noble goal but there's a whole element of pop culture that for years has been making it seem fun or funny or cool or you know you have movies like dazed and confused or pineapple express and all sorts of music it presents an interesting challenge to say well no you guys can't do that but here we're going to advertise all these movies where people are, are smoking marijuana and, and getting high and stuff just the fact that Tommy Chong is is celebrating this uh, <laughs> this in, in his old old homeland of Canada, he even came up here and, and came up to BC to uh, revel in the uh, the glow of <laughs> of legal dope burning, <laughs> uh, and he's yeah, he was born in Edmonton and he he migrated yeah. down to Calgary pretty pretty quickly after and uh, and he grew up in Calgary and he had his first toke in Calgary. We'll be right back. I want to tell you about a discount we're offering exclusively for 10.3 listeners on all Post Media digital subscriptions so you can get access to more great reporting on the issues that matter to you. When subscribing to the National Post, the Ottawa Citizen, the Montreal Gazette, the Saskatoon Star Phoenix, Regina Leader Post, Edmonton Journal, Calgary Herald, or the Vancouver Sun, just enter promo code PODCAST and you'll get 50% off a one-year digital subscription. It's a great way to stay informed. Again, that's promo code PODCAST. Now, all of this popularity uh, has led to concerns about supply. I mean, stores were worried about uh, supply uh, being able to even make it through the first weekend. Um what are, are retailers saying about the supply issue uh, overall? And has that impacted any other users, like uh, medical users? What are you hearing about that? Well, medical people, um, they are still receiving their um, supply, if they so choose, from directly from these licensed producers. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go through the AGLC 
uh, Alberta Gaming, Liquor, and Cannabis, which is a uh, distributor and regulator and also retailer. So they, they continue to go through, um, you know, suppliers, producers like Aurora in, in Alberta. And um, I haven't heard any anything to the, to the effect that they're, they're having a harder time. Um, a lot of these people are, a lot, a lot of them use the cannabis oils. Um, one of the things they're concerned about is the um, an excise tax that has been, that's come into creation um, with legalization, with the recreational legalization, and uh, uh, that's also being applied to um, medical cannabis in, 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 okay. in Alberta. That's, uh, that's like something like between 16 and 17%. By the, that's for on the wholesale. By the time it gets down to the retail, which is more expensive, it's it's watered down to about ten percent. But that, that that's a concern. The the, the added cost. I mean, uh, recreational legalization has bumped up the cost of medical um, cannabis as well. You know, I, I think obviously these the, the producers and uh, the retailers are they're putting a lot more focus now on the recreational side because that's where the bulk of the business is. That's where the mm-hmm. money is, and uh, we'll see. I mean, there are obviously there are concerns that that this will uh, this will bite into the um, the medical side of it. Um, I, I haven't heard that yet. Now, Alberta kicked off legalization day with 17 retailers, but we're expecting that there could be as many as a couple hundred in the first year. There's a bunch more in the offing soon. Where's Alberta going to be at in the near future, do you think? Right now, it's uh, it's looking pretty tenuous, actually. Um, I've been looking at the AGLC list of outlets that have that have received AGLC licenses and it's it's kind of yesterday it, it looked like it was stuck at 31 and that includes the store the 17 stores that have opened and and the fact of the matter is they're running low on supply they uh, the, the licensed producers are are just not able to um, grow the goods <laughs> and produce the goods as fast as uh, they would they, everybody had hoped and um, that I that's really putting a crimp on the number of these stores that are actually able to operate I mean there are a number of stores here in Calgary that are ready to go hmm. all they all they need is some supply that they're not getting so that's a major roadblock and I the um, one of the AGLC spokespersons told me you know they right now they're, they're pro- a priority for them is making sure that the stores that have opened don't close due to lack of supply. I think the optics of that would be much worse than these stores that haven't yet opened remaining closed. <laughs> they don't want to fall. They don't want to fall back. They don't want to. They don't want the progress to fall back. They're all victims of their own success in a way. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you know? Have has anyone that you know uh, gone through, waited in line, gone in? Uh, done the whole retail experience? Have you, have you heard from a friend or, or somebody yes, firsthand yes. as to what it yes. was like? What have yes. they What have they said about it? It works. It works out pretty well. I mean, you have to have. You have to. You have, unlike going into a liquor store, you everybody who goes into a, a cannabis store has to show ID. Mm-hmm. It, it just even if even if you're an old codger like me, you have <laughs> to show that they won't let you. I I tried to go in the first day, as a as a media, and no, you can't. You got to. You have your ID, okay. You okay? You can go in. 
And, um, you know, there's, uh, I think, I think people enjoy that experience. Um, there's obviously the newness of it and they can go and they, they can, out of these little plexiglass pods, they can, they can sample the buds, not touch them, but, but smell them, look at mm-hmm. them through a magnifying glass, see all the, the, the crystalline purity of it all. They, I haven't heard, I haven't heard too much bad about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it work. it seems to work quite well. And uh, there's, nice. there's certain, there's certain, um, is there certain, I guess there's certain expertise um, shown by, by staff of the products. Although one, one, per, one person who had gone in on the, on opening day was, uh, was a bit disappointed with one of the stores in that the, uh, the staff didn't really know, seemed to know what they were talking about. But, you hmm. know, I'm guessing that with, with time that will work itself out in, in, well, I, I guess that for a lot of consumers, they're fairly discerning or people yes. who have been buying it on the black market for a yes. long time. They yes. know what it is that they're yes. they're purchasing. Yes. But for some staff members who decide, well, this is a, a mm-hmm. growth industry. Maybe I want to get involved. That yes. You may have that experience where the staff know more, know less than the customers yes. who are coming in. Indeed. Indeed. And that is what's happening. One of the, um, one of the things that uh, James Burns from Alcana uh, had said um, about it. it from their results, their revenue results, was that the, uh, the biggest selling uh, products they have are, the, of course, the bud, the dried flower. But of that, mm. it's the higher potency bud. That's the stuff that sells fastest. And he's, he just chalked that up as, well, the, the, initial, the initial surge of customers are those who have, you know, who partaken for some time. They're, these yeah. aren't the greenhorns. <laughs> <laughs> Those will and they and they know what they want and uh, they've got a certain perhaps a certain tolerance level too, and um, you know but you know that will change that they'll they'll get they're expected they're expecting to get more and more customers in the future, who aren't as experienced who are more, who are looking for lower THC um, products and and more CBD, um, which is the more the which is more the medical side of it the more body. Mm-hmm body effect side of, of cannabis. And so, but of course, you know, they're looking to expand their markets well beyond the existing, what, you know, 19 or 20% of adults who now partake in Alberta. I mean, they, they really, they're, they're, they want more people to be doing dope. Well, it certainly is a, a brave new retail world uh, for Canadians. Uh, Bill, thanks very much for your time. Fascinating discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. It's a privilege. Here's what else is happening. Federal Conservative leader Andrew Scheer made clear Wednesday he would not recriminalize marijuana. The comments came after headlines last week suggested he hadn't ruled the idea out. On Wednesday, Scheer said he recognizes that's the reality now, adding if the Tories win government next fall, he would look at adjusting some of the rules after assessing the consequences of legalization. And the Bank of Canada hiked its benchmark lending rate to 1.75%. The move comes amid optimism about the economy and the recently signed U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. The rate hike is expected to cost Canadian households about $2,500 each year, according to a report from Enveronics. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Technical support this episode from Al Sharae. Thanks again to Bill Kaufman. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.